Welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios at Silver Ranch in the North Woods of Wisconsin on a nice wintry day. I think many of us have been longing for the snow to arrive, and it's arrived. That's right. And no matter what time of the year you're listening to this particular program, we live in an area that's got four seasons. We do? We do. I, I missed spring last year. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm not saying they're long. Some of them may be a day long. That's right. But, but we do have them. And maybe we have a listener that's listening to this in springtime right now. Yes, so smell some flowers. For that's me. right. But the bottom line really is either you take time to enjoy the seasons or the seasons will destroy you. That's true. So, But, but I wouldn't trade the Midwest seasons for anything. No, because – I, you know, we have friends out in Arizona, and they're listening to this program. Even so, hi to all of you in Arizona. But when it gets really hot there, yeah, not much you can do. Yeah, apart from like yeah. run inside and hope. I'm that always saying there, there's o- only so many clothes you can take off before you, that's it. Now, <laughs> now you are, now you're you're sweating through all your clothes and that kind of thing, and. I apologize for whatever imagery that just brought to yes. listeners. Well, really, in the winter, though, it's the That's true. You can, you can, you can load pile clothes on. Correct. And as you pile them on, the thicker it is, the better. And you go outside and play. And no matter what the temperature is. I've been outside. We used to, once it was 30 below up here, real temperature, which is very unusual, by the way. It's only right. happened once in the 40-some years I've been here. However, we went out and played in it. Right. Took pictures by the thermostat, uh, thermometer, and all that kind of stuff just because we thought, hey, this is neat. Yeah. And uh, so you can actually dress for the weather. Absolutely. With warm weather, there's like you said, there's only so much you can do. And there's been times, even up here it gets warm enough during the summertime where it warms the lake enough where you're like, oh, I'll go cool off in the lake. You jump in, you're like. Yeah, it's not cool. It's like a bath. You're like, oh. Yeah. Is this even worth it? <laughs> yeah. I had that happen in Arizona once. I, I was there. I forget. It was the middle of summer, and I thought, oh, i go jump in the pool, and I did, and I thought, this is not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little warm in that pool. Right, right. Yeah, anyway. yeah. You know, I was, I was reading this morning and thinking, I like thinking about the idea that God says things, and what he says is true. He doesn't have a perspective. He doesn't have an opinion. So what he says is true. And if we don't understand it, we need to spend time thinking about it yeah. and, and adjusting to it because we're going to find out he's right. Mm-hmm. So if God's right, no matter what he says, I would encourage anyone listening as you're reading the Bible, obey him, listen to him, or you'll look foolish one day. I was reading about um, God providing for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've heard me talk a lot about yeah. at Silver Birch Ranch or Nicolay Bible Institute or Northwoods Retreat or any of the ministries we're involved with, it's it's the idea that we can count on God supplying our need. Yeah. Because the Bible's very clear about that, that he supplies our need. In fact, I think there's 169 different verses in the Bible that refer to ways that God provides for us. Okay. So That's th- a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I think it's because so often I think we might think, well, you're not providing for us. Mm-hmm. But then we don't see the picture. Yeah. First and foremost, people need to know who God is. Correct. If you don't know who God is, you can't trust him. So you need to spend time getting to know him. How do they spend time getting to know God? How do you do it? Yeah, you spend time in the word reading. And if you read something that you don't understand, then you try to do the research to figure it out. You know, right. I think that, And that's the thing that, that blows my mind sometimes is sometimes we read stuff. It's like, oh, I didn't understand that. Well, on to my next thing. Right. 
you know. Well, and the other thing is you go to people who actually know God. Yeah. And talk to them. Not yep. people who are trying <laughs> to promote some crazy religion, but, but people who read the Bible, know God, and they're older than you. Yeah. You know, so you go to them and you, you ask them questions. Uh, you have three sons. I do. One of the smartest things that they can do is come to you and your wife and ask about what God means by this or ask. Because if they can figure out what God says and apply it to their life when they're young, mm-hmm. it'll benefit them for years to come. Yeah. And they can learn about God by either reading the Bible. That's one way. Yep. And then by talking to people who are older than them and experience things where they can share with them. Mm-hmm. So young people, if you're listening today and you have parents who love the Lord, they're in the Bible, go talk to them about life. Don't don't keep it from them. Talk to them about it. Um, likewise. Yeah, I, I would encourage anybody, don't be afraid to ask questions. Right. You know, I think it's so important. You know, I think a lot of us are afraid, like, as if, you know, it's a bad thing to, to question things. Like, I would say ask the question. That way you can gain understanding. Yeah. Um, I yeah, think there's an important part of that, especially if you have kids, you know, give them a space to ask the questions. How, who else are they to ask? Wouldn't you rather them ask you? Yeah. You know, you know, there's so many times where I think kids look at something and they won't say anything. They'll just think, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like, uh, my wife has gone through cancer and, and I guess you fight cancer all your life or whatever it might be. But, um, and there's people that, that will talk to her about it, but there's others who don't say anything. Mm-hmm. And it's because they don't really know what to say, and they they have questions. Yeah, not necessarily about the cancer; they they might, but about your walk with God. And don't you think you know? Are you being punished by God? Mm-hmm. You know, because you have cancer. Yeah. Are, is it a good thing that you have cancer? Is it a bad thing that you have cancer? What? How do you sort that out in your own mind? Mm-hmm. If God's going to meet all your needs, how does He allow you to have cancer? Yeah. Well. Okay, here's where you better know God, because God's the only one that can answer some of those. Mm-hmm. And you better know his character. Yeah. So if somebody's asking me about it, I say, well, here's what I know for sure. God loves my wife and I. I know that. I know he's got a plan. I know that. So I'm going to live in that context. Now, I don't know the plan, and yeah. I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know how it's going to be. I just know that he knows it, and he's going to work it out, and I know that for sure. And it's going to be right because he loves me. I'm his child. Yeah. And when you put all that in the context, you go, okay, well, then you can get up the next day and keep going on in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes young people have an idea that uh, God kind of just sits in heaven. His arms are folded. He's waiting for you to make a mistake so he can tap you at lightning or something. Yeah. And that's not the God mm-hmm. who we know. Right. Um, so I encourage young people, talk to those who are a little bit older. They might be able to help you understand some of these things and realize they're not smarter than you. They're mm-hmm. just older than you. Yeah. Smartness has a different quality to it. I mean, some people can look at two numbers, add them in their head, divide them, and become Albert Einstein with E equal MC squared and understand it. Yes. Yeah. Some don't. Yeah. That's fine. That has to do with smartness in math or uh, grasping concepts and you know, mm-hmm. uh, however, experience in life is different than that. Experience means I've lived through something so I can help you live through something. Correct. So you should all be doing that. If, if you're young people in a home, mom and dad are the best ones for that. Grandma and grandpa might be good for that. Um, uh, we're in a youth ministry, so there's all kinds of older people that are messing around here, working with young people, building things and 
and uh, taking care of horses and doing zip lines and and just enjoying life together. So go to those people and watch them and talk to them, mm-hmm. ask them questions. If you're not in a youth group, you should be somewhere yeah. in some church in a youth group. And hopefully there's some older people there that you can talk to and just ask about life. Right, because there's so much experience that you, that they've had that you can learn from because they've lived through it and they've been able to apply the truth that they've known about God and and actually see it and live it out. That's right. It's not theoretical, in other words. There's people that actually live it out. For example, in Philippians 4.19, it says, My God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Well, that's pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Talking to the, the, the people that that uh, are suffering, talking in a way, you know, this is the Apostle Paul who got beat up, thrown around, all this kind of stuff. And he's saying, you know what? God will supply all your needs. Mm-hmm. Now, some of you might say, how how did he supply Paul's need? He was in jail. He got beat. You know, the Apostle Paul had one goal in life, and that's to teach people who Jesus was, to talk to them about his mercy and his grace. Yeah. And every time he got put in another jail, he seemed to be handcuffed to somebody. He could talk to them about Jesus. If you think about the Apostle Paul's life, he got to talk to kings, and he got to talk to judges, and he got to talk to people who had him in jail. There's a time where they spring, God sprung him from jail, and everybody understood who he was, and the jailer became a believer. Yeah. So the Apostle Paul understood God might need to put me in jail because there's a population that needs to hear about Jesus, and I get to do that. So he wins. So looking at it a little differently, it's like, does God love the Apostle Paul, of course he does. Did he love the jailer? Well, of course he did. Of course did. he did. Well, how's the jailer going to come to know Christ? So I think, you know, again, just my own thoughts are, okay, if I'm God, I'm saying, well, the Apostle Paul, I can trust him. Mm-hmm. I'll put him in that jail. Yeah. How do I get him in that jail? Well, all right, let's get him in that way. So we get him in jail, and eventually... Paul is singing hymns in jail, and the gates open. Mm-hmm. It's God who opened them. And he comes out, and the jailer is going to kill himself because this is a bad scene. And Paul goes, don't do that. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. yeah. And eventually he goes over and eats at the guy's house. Yeah. And the guy in his house became believers. Well, see, God supplied the need. He gave Paul the opportunity to go to jail. Mm-hmm. to be a witness for him, to talk to this person. He gave the jailer an opportunity to hear the gospel, and he responded. So I, th- I think there's times where we need to back off a little bit and trust who God is because we can't see what he's doing exactly, and we can't understand everything he's doing. Yeah. But you got to know who he is. Absolutely. And and I think a lot of us want to know we, who he is, but we don't want to put in the effort, you know. Right. And I think that it's a, it's the same with God's provision, you know, is is we it's like, oh, we hear God provides for us. Oh, that's great. So does, does that mean I don't have to do anything? You know, and I think there's a responsibility there. You know, it's just like any relationship. You know, Dave, I've gotten to know you. Right. You know, and so um, many people might think that it's like, oh, it's Dave. You know, he's intimidating. It's like, well, no, you got to get to know him. You Absolutely. know, he's a nice guy. And how do you get to know him? You know, you actually have to put in effort and 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 actually 
you know, spend time. Spend time, and that's the thing. And it's the same with God. Is, is in order to know who God is, you have to put in the effort. Right. You know, there's there's that responsibility side of it. You know, and there's there's many ways you could do that. That way, like we just been talking about, it's through scripture. It's through you know shared life experience that other people have gone before you. You know, that's why I think it's so important to have people in your life, both older than you and younger than you, that love Jesus. Why? Because people older than you can help you understand the truths that they've been able to live out. And then it's important to have people younger than you because then it allows you to internalize the things that you're learning about about God and articulate that to somebody who's younger than you because there's no better way to learn something till you have to share that with somebody else. Right. That's when you know it's like, okay, I can actually, I understand this. And it forces you to, to process it and actually you know, depend on that truth. It's one thing to know it. It's another thing to live it. We talk about that all the time. Yeah. You know, my, my dad was a big proponent of that. And um, if you know, you know, people from his church, but you know, my brother and myself, his yeah. two kids, we're both teachers. We're both love to do that. That's because I think as we grew up, it was like, if you learn something, you share it. Yeah. So you learn to teach. Whether you like it or not, you you know how to do a chainsaw, tell somebody else how to do a chainsaw. You know how to dig a ditch, show somebody else how to dig a ditch. Yeah. You know math, show them. You you learn something from the Bible, teach somebody. You know, one of the best things, so you have three sons, obviously different ages. Mm-hmm. You're an older, yep. middle, younger. One of the things I would suggest is always take your older son and say, I want you to teach your brother this. Your middle son, I want you to teach your brother this. Yeah. Now, the younger son, you would do that eventually the other way, but you got to get the others to cooperate with him because oh, absolutely. older brothers don't always cooperate when a younger brother wants to teach him something. So <laughs> <laughs> You say that from experience. Yeah, I do. I do. I'm a younger brother. <laughs> As am I. Yeah, so no problem there. I understand the difficulty. However, th- that's still a p- part of the process. Right. So, so if your oldest son knows, okay, dad showed me how to play chess. You know, whatever it is. Yeah. Well, then you say, well, teach your brother how to play. Yeah. Now, what you're doing is instilling in them that spirit of teaching, mm-hmm. that spirit. Now, I promise you that after he teaches his brother how to play, he's going to be better at it. Yeah. And and likewise, if he teaches three people how to play, he's going to be even better at it. Yep. And that's really what we do with God's word. When, when you read God's word and you learn something, you should be looking for somebody to share that with. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily force it down their throat. That That isn't what I'm suggesting. But you should be looking for a way. You should have an outlet to share it. Absolutely. If you can't find one, I suggest you start a journal. Yeah. Just start a journal and say, here, and and share it in a journal. Here's what I'm learning. Here's what I, you know, whatever else it might be. Uh, there are so many ways in this world to share yeah. what you're learning. And, and Dave, you even uh, shared something. You've shared this before, but you said it the other day, and it really hit me again. You know, whenever you read, you have to do something with it. Right. And so you, you, who you are, you just put in the format of a message, for lack right. of a better term, whether it's for radio, whether it's for a podcast, whether right. it's for whatever it is. Why? Because it's like, if you don't, what am I going to do with it? Right. Like, you have to make that. And I think a lot of us don't take that step. You know, I'm not saying that all of us are, are communicators in the sense of we're going to go and share a message or get on a podcast. But I think taking you know say say even as we read the bible taking that step from reading something to even formulate it in a sentence of like man what what truth did i just learn about you know and i think some of us just get in the habit of well let me read my bible today and so we spend 5 10 15 minutes reading the bible and then we put it down and check it off the box without necessarily taking the step to be like man what am i 
what did I just learn about God that I can now trust in? Right. And I think that's so important. Yeah. And I think we need to be reminded of that regardless of where we're at in life. Yeah. You, you, you lose what you don't use. Yeah. It's very simple. Uh, you know, my shoulders are arthritic and painful and, and I'm watching the muscles in my arms just disappear. Yeah. You know why? I, I can't lift what I used to lift. I, you know, I used to go over to our gym here at Silver Birch Ranch, Nicolay Bible Institute, lift the weights. Yeah. Go over there now, and I'm crying in pain because of the shoulder. So it's like, you know what? If you don't use the muscle that you've got, the potential, you lose it. No matter what, that's always a principle. So if, you, if you're learning something about anything, but you're learning something about God, you need to apply it, mm-hmm. put it in a journal, share it with somebody, Look for a way to share it, and you'll be much better off. I was thinking of that with potential, with anything in life. So, again, you have children. They're growing. They're developing. So they have all this potential mm-hmm. in life. Now, if they don't do anything with their muscles, yeah, that potential will never be realized. Correct. They don't do anything with their mind. That potential will never be realized. Yep. The only way that you can ever see what your potential is, is by taking whatever you have and pushing it to its limit. Mm-hmm. There may be a time where it breaks. I yeah. get it. You know, if it, it, I, I remember I never lifted weights till I got to college, played football in college, and, and they all lifted weights. And I thought, I don't even know what to do. So I had to get trained in that. But, you know, always you're looking for your max. What can you do? What can you do? What, what can you do and not get hurt? Now, here's the interesting thing. When you get around whatever your maximum is, you need to have other people around you to make sure you don't get hurt. 100%. You know? <laughs> so, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So that's that's a rule. You can work out with the lighter weights. Mm-hmm. You can work out with them. But once you get to that level where where you're reaching your maximum potential, you want other people there because you're pushing it to a level to see if the muscles have been developed, whatever it might be in weightlifting. Yeah. And, and you have others around to help you get the bar up or – or so it doesn't go off balance and kill you or whatever else it might be. Yeah. Uh, so I find those interesting. As I look at young people today, I see all this potential. And honestly, I, I see the electronic world ripping it away from them. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. You know, because we need to be the ones that think, I don't need art, artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm beginning to call it AS, artificial stupidity. Oh, you know, yeah. You, you take it and it just, it kind of robs you of, your ability to do something right you know a lot of people are like oh it helps me streamline my workflow and you know does it for me it's like yeah you said it it does it for you meaning you're not doing it meaning you're not pushing yourself anymore to think through and develop into you know there's a reason you know i wasn't an english guy back in the day but there's a reason there's a whole subject based on books writings of people that have gone before us why because they had they had minds that they pushed their potential. Right. And God's given us all those minds that we need to push the potential. It's just the problem is, is because of the way technology has advanced, we think we don't have to anymore. Right. And Or we don't feel comfortable pushing ourselves to because it takes more effort. Yeah. You know, because even with AI, it's like, well, it takes more effort for me to do it myself. Right. You know, or, well, read the Bible. Really? That, that takes effort. Right. You know, and, and. That's the thing. That's the problem is I look at it and, you know, back in my day, we used the terminology comfort zone. Right. You know, and I think it's the same thing that we're talking about, you know, pushing the potential is, you know, I think that those those guideposts have changed and we're no longer in any of the area of our life oftentimes pushed to go outside of our comfort zone. 
to push our potential to the limit. And I love how you said, Dave, that we, you know, we should do it, but also do it in a context where, you know, if you're going to see where your limit is, have somebody around you to, you know, to, to do that. That's why I love, you know, even summer here at camp. Because, yes, we have the camper side of it, but the whole behind the scenes, and many of you listening have been here during the summertime, have volunteered or been on summer staff or, or have observed it, is we have an environment where we empower young people and try to push them to their limits with Great. leadership, with responsibility. And oftentimes, they don't think they can do it. Yep. You know, but I'm like, you know, God has gifted you guys with this. So lean into him, trust him, and you know what? It's okay to screw up. Yeah. As long as you're willing to push yourself, I'm here to help clean it up, yep. and it's okay. Yep. I'm not going to be upset as long as you try. Yep. And I think that's that's the part that we're missing in our relationship with God. Yeah, you need to be able to have a, a mind frame where I'm going to learn something. In the process of learning, I'm going to mess up. Yeah. And, it, you know, as long as your intention is not to mess up. Yeah, right. You're okay. And that might be a, a thing that my generation screwed up when we started giving ribbons to everybody. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, you know, I mean, that, I, that was another environmental thing I think that my dad was very good at. Mm -hmm. uh, for us, it's like you made a mistake. But I think that's in the context of camping. We were put into positions of authority when we were young. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, I took over the stables one year and I didn't know anything about horses really, mm -hmm. not officially. Yeah. I've ridden them. You know, I knew that they ate hay. Right. You know, that kind of stuff. But I had to go ask a farmer, and I had there certain things I had to step up and do. And, and all of a sudden, you know, the horses were getting sores here, and it's like, well, go find out why. So I had to go find guys that knew horses and talk to them. And, but I never got in trouble for it. Yeah. It was like, no, you don't know. So let's figure out what you're doing wrong and, and get it corrected. Um, you know, I remember uh, still once we had a brand-new tractor being delivered, and, and I knew how to drive stick ship, but I never drove a tractor. So yeah. the guy delivering the tractor said, you know how to drive a tractor? It's just, I said, it's stick? He goes, oh, yeah, no problem. He goes, no, it's a tractor, though. <laughs> stick? You know, yeah, no problem. He goes, okay. <laughs> so took it off, you know, put it in reverse, took it off, handed it to me. So I put it in first gear and start down the road. I pop the clutch and try and put it in second. I'm grinding the gears. Oh, no. He's running after me saying, I asked you if you knew how to drive a tractor. Yeah. I said, sure I do. I, I drive stick all the time. He goes, no, it's different on a tractor. Yeah. And there he is laughing, and my dad's coming out laughing. It's like, you know what? Yeah. Good lesson for you, son. Tractors, you put them in one gear and keep staying them. Yeah. And I go, oh. Yeah. Well, now I can laugh about it. You know, you now I've never done that again. I've never done where I'm trying to switch gears on a tractor. I put it in the right gear to start with and stay in it. Yeah. And then stop before I want to shift to another one. So it, the fun part is, no matter what in life, there's a learning curve. Yeah. If you're going to teach somebody, you have to give them the freedom to fail or you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. And absolutely have a little bit of a, a bit of humor when they fail. So it's not all so serious. Right. I mean, all of us understand when, when a youngster starts to drive a car, all the potentials that could happen. Right. If you really don't want any of those things to happen, don't let them drive your car. Right. Well, and I think even as parents, and this is the parents out here, like it's it's a lesson that you need to teach yourself. And it's something that I even have to teach myself that I get wrong still is I need to allow my sons and give them the space to screw up rather than trying to stop them before they do it. Right. You know, 
And so that's something that I'm still learning. And there's times that I have to go back and apologize and be like, you know what, I'm sorry because I didn't do that. Or sometimes they screw up and, and I might get upset quick rather than saying, hey, you know, you screwed up. That's okay. What yeah. can we learn from this? And yeah. so even as parents, I think we just need to be more conscious of showing grace in those moments. You know, obviously there's situations that are different, but I'm just saying in general, that way we can learn and provide an environment then, because if you provide that environment, all of a sudden they're willing to talk more. Right. They're willing to have conversations. Well, not only that, but we're we're destroying their drive. Yeah. So let's say I'm your son and I'm trying to learn to paint a room and I'm going to surprise you. Yeah. I do it all wrong. I, I don't know what you're doing wrong painting, but I got paint all over the floor, whatever it might be, all over the carpeting. I just thought I'd clean it up later whatever it might be, if I really get yelled at for that, yeah. then what happens in the future is instead of trying to figure something out, yeah. I just don't do it. Right. I'm waiting for you to give me step-by-step instructions rather than take any initiative. Yeah. So what you've done is you've taken your child and you've destroyed initiative because you're so hard on that boy or girl when they do something wrong. Yeah. Rather than saying, okay... And you might be biting your tongue, whatever it might be, thinking, how in the world could you have done this so messy or whatever it might be. But in the process, realize that you're not just training them on attitude for that particular thing. You're training them on how they go after projects in the future. Right. And you want people who can solve problems. Mm -hmm. You do. You want them to look at it and say, I can figure this out and do it. And when they do you know, what, what you eventually, a healthy young person is going to realize, I can do this, I have the initiative, but I know that this guy knows how to. Yeah. Now, you really arrive when they go to that guy before they start then. Yeah. So they're going to do the project, but they go to somebody that knows how and asks a few questions. Yeah. Now you've matured up a little bit and got them in the process. But to think of that when your kids are young, like your kids are young. Oh, at absolutely. This point, and to yeah. sort of think about that particular Oh, yeah. And like I said, as parents, it's like you don't always get it right, you know, Um, and that's where it's just like there's times afterwards I'm like, oh, I probably should have done that differently. Right. You know, and I go apologize. And and if I didn't, then I should. You know, and it's okay because that's good for your your kids to see you too, um, do that. But I think I think the importance is, is that, you know, we need to understand that, yes, God provides. Um, and, and there's so many other truths, like you said at the start, 167 times in the Bible, 69, 69 times. And what that means, if anything, that should motivate us all the more. That should give us more freedom. And he certainly lets us fail. Right. Absolutely. I feel like that should give us the freedom then to lean into, man, I sh- that should motivate me to live more for God because I know that as long as I'm I'm being responsible and taking steps and, and, and doing that, um, that he's got my back. And that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. You know, and nowhere along the way do we say it was going to be easy. We just said that he's got our back, whatever that may look like, yeah. to give us the en- enough wisdom and truth to get whatever situation, whether it's cancer, whether it's, you know, a new job or moving or, or something that we don't understand. Right. The thing is he gives us what we need when we need it. Yep. And that's part of the provision and knowing who God is. And well, I, I think if people will tune in to the next program, we'll, we'll keep going on this in yeah. Matthew 6. So yeah. we, can, we can do that and talk a little bit more about God's provision. Absolutely, because oftentimes we start talking and never get to the points that yep. we want to talk about, and that's this case. And so I encourage you, you know, head over to whatever podcasting site that you use, subscribe to this channel. That way you can just enjoy the conversations, because I hope it, it makes you think. I hope it pushes you. And, and if there's something that the Holy Spirit is just like knocking on you, like, hey, you should actually think about this yourself, because I know even oftentimes 
in the show. I'm talking. It's like I need to listen to my own words, which is great. But for now, we're out of time as usual. I encourage you to, to tune back in next time. But until then, this is Jason and Dave on Younger and Older. Take care. We will see you next time. Bye-bye.